Okay, so welcome to episode number one. Um, chew on Yay, this. Finally. Yeah, exactly. Chew on this, a Nerds United podcast. Uh, I'm Vic. I'm Beej, or BJ. And uh, this is our very first episode, and um, we kind of wanted to do a little short introduction, um, basically where our nerddom comes from and where, you know, me and me and you kind of met, which you can't get much more nerdy than that. Well, um, yeah, well, what better way to start the podcast, really, than just talk about our, our love of uh, everything nerdy, especially... Star Wars, because that's actually yeah. how you and I connect. Um, right. So why don't you start uh, with, uh, yeah, why don't you start with your first recollection of something that would be considered quote-unquote nerdy? Well, it, it would have to be Star Wars, actually, A New Hope, because I was about a little over four years old. You know, I'm born in April, and I think Star Wars came out in May of 77, so... Uh, my dad owned this uh, electronic shop, and he knew the owner of the theater really well. And uh, the guy invited him, got us free tickets to go. And uh, my parents, I think, weren't really into stuff like that, but because it had such a big buzz, they were into, like, you know, watching movies that people were all talking about. So I remember, I'd never forget it, there was, like, a huge line going around the corner in this theater and my dad holding my hand, my mom holding my other hand and we walked past everybody and went into the theater first and got to seat, sit wherever we wanted and then the rest of the crowd came in afterwards. I still remember it like it was yesterday. And then, so this was for A New Hope? This was A New Hope, yeah. I saw wow. it probably, good, probably a week or two after it came out, I think my parents said. I, I went a couple more times later on with schoolmates like in kindergarten because I remember that movie they reissued it two or three times over the years they kept bringing it back out so i saw it after that but i remember that first time really well um and uh that you know the the opening crawl and then the ship uh coming over the horizon was just like blew me away you know it's just like what is this um but other than that my rest of my nerdy time when i was a kid was watching uh you know batman 66 uh <laughs> on tv Okay, so mine is not as big of a bang. My first, as as yours is, and you obviously are much older than me because I wasn't even born when Star Wars came out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So so my first recollection that I can actually say would be considered nerd or pop, or not even pop culture, but like cult classic type stuff, Mm -hmm. my very first recollection, um, and there's pictures that actually predate this, but my only recollection well, my first recollection of something that would be considered nerdy was that I was obsessed with Knight Rider. Like, ah, so, yeah. like, that was my first thing that I remember that, like, I just thought a talking car, a car that could go, you know, ridiculously, uh, you know, fast. And, and it talked that to was, you. <laughs> yeah, and it talked to you. And, like, I remember, I remember specifically, you know, riding my tricycle, my plastic power wheels tricycle, and talking into my wrist that did not have a watch on it, pretending that it was <laughs> that it was it was Knight Rider or Kit. And and uh that was like the first thing that I can remember that would be considered nerdy. And I maybe maybe I owe all of this to Knight Rider. Uh you know, because like I don't remember anything before that that I really 
that yeah. I can remember. I mean, I was, you know, you don't remember things when you're like three or four, and there's like pictures of me and like Batman under ruse. Um, yeah. And, oh, God, and, we all have that. And also, I remember having an, I don't remember actually, but there was a picture, there's a picture of me with, um, playing with the, uh, remember those old tours where you like, uh, you had that, uh, you had that string in the back of, the back of an action figure and you pulled on it kind of like how Woody is in Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a picture of me with the greatest American hero figure. Oh my gosh. But I don't remember like, I don't remember owning it. I remember kind of watching the show. Um, and, but like, I just remember Knight Rider being like the first big thing where like I was pretending to be Michael Knight, you know, you probably have, you know, memories of you pretending to be Luke and, you know, playing with a lightsaber. I I mean, I did that growing up. I did that. I did that growing up too, but I remember specifically talking into my wrist, Yeah. you know, before I ever imagined picking up a lightsaber. I can tell you, man, growing up in the 70s and 80s were great because they just had, like I grew up with Bionic Man with uh right. I remember six million that dollar, six million dollar man. Uh yeah. I grew up with um uh Battlestar Galactica, Buck Rogers in the twentieth cent twenty fifth yeah, century. Watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, in the eighties we got Incredible Hulk, greatest greatest American hero, which I heard they're trying to bring back. Yeah, um, I remember the Incredible Hulk. Um but like when I was when Night Rider came out, I think I was maybe four. Or five, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're about the same age of the story. Yeah, it, so I, I remember that show very distinctly. Very distinctly, I remember that. I also, show. one also, of my favorite shows also was the motorcycle ripoff of of Knight Rider, which was Street Hawk. Street was, Hawk was great, but it's such a short run, just like Auto Man. It's such a short run. Yeah, I barely you know? remember Auto Man. I remember like if you wa- if I watch the YouTube intros, I remember the intro, but like it didn't hit me as much. I thought. I thought Jesse Mock's helmet was the coolest fucking thing in the world. Oh, man, I know. I wanted a motorcycle helmet so fucking badly just to ride my, like, one-speed dirt bike. Just to be on your tricycle? Yeah, just to keep pressing pressing that button open and shut so, like, the mask comes down and, you know, like, I just fucking love that thing. And if you look look back at, like, Street Hawk now, like, I mean, maybe you could maybe you could have a, a car go like you know 200 miles an hour because they kind of do. Some cars go 200 something miles an hour. Yeah. But for a motorcycle to go 250 miles an hour or like 300 <laughs> miles an hour, it's physically <laughs> fucking impossible. <laughs> yeah. If you go back and watch that, if you go back and watch that first episode, there's a scene where he's about to drive off a cliff and he hits he he hits the brakes like or something and he does like yeah, a yeah, complete yeah. 360 degree whatever like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a, uh, it was like an exhaust thing where he punched it, and like yeah, I forget what, what it was called. And like he yeah. basically does this like whirlwind thing where he can like use the machine guns and like shoot around you, kind of like, kind of like almost like uh, what the fuck? It's uh, remember the last Starfighter? Yeah. When when they like when they're surrounded by all those uh, spaceships and he hits that button. I forget what it's called, like Death something. And he hits the button, and the and the starfighter goes like all 360, like really fucking fast. Yeah, something like that. And I remember like looking at that show, and not thinking that it was like ridiculous that if you actually went 150 miles on a street and had to make a 90 degree turn, you would basically end up dead. <laughs> pretty much. So, <laughs> so fast forward. Let's fast forward 20 something years, right? 20. When was when was Celebration three? Celebration 3 was in uh, April or May of 2005. 
2005, and we now. I want to say it was like I want to say it was the first week of May. I, well, the year I, I want to get right. So, I'm 2005. 2005. We, we and this, is like, this is like a week or two weeks before Revenge of the Sith came out. Probably two or three weeks before. So let's let's say 2005. We're guessing. You think we'd be more prepared for our first income podcast? No, I'm pretty sure. Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005. So I'm dead. I'm dead sure it was 2005. All right. So it's been 10 years since we met. So fast yeah. forward to 2005, and now I got to do the math of how old I was. So 26. Seven, I think. I was born in I was born in seventy seven. So I'm just yeah, I was thinking about how old I am now and then subtracting ten years. Thirty seven, twenty six. I was thirty two. Yeah. I think I was twenty six because my birthday's not in May. So so about twenty six. So so about yeah. twenty six. We fast forward and 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 I'll go first for Star Wars. So you that was your first thing. Star Wars was your first geeky thing. Or yeah, yeah. Mine yeah. was Knight Rider, and I mean. At that point in time, when I started watching Star Wars, you know, everything it was it was in pop culture. Like you couldn't you couldn't escape the fact of you know I am your father type thing, right? And uh, so it didn't have a, it didn't have a huge impact on me of like what it was like, you know, like it didn't like oh my god it's mind blowing because I grew up with it watching it how many times on HBO and not yeah. having it like mean anything to me because I just watched it because it was cool. They had swords that light up. Like, why would I? Why would a kid not like that? So, <laughs> so my obsession with Star Wars comes much later, much much later. Like, I would say about twenty. Okay, so twenty seven when Sith came out. So, mine was two thousand one or nineteen ninety nine when when Phantom Menace came out. I would say six months. I would say about six to eight months before Phantom Menace. And I'm talking obsessed, like like we're doing a podcast about it. Obsessed. So. Right. What had happened was, you know, word got out, and this is before, you know, cable modem, this is dial-up age, where word leaked out or word came out on the news, because that's where you used to get the news, kids. Um, You watch TV to get the news. You would actually watch Entertainment Weekly or Entertainment Tonight. And word came out that George Lucas was making another Star Wars. So I was like, oh, cool, that's awesome. And then they start showing footage of 77. And people are, like, sleeping out. People are doing this. I'm like, wow, that sounds really fun to do like that sounds mm-hmm. like something that would be awesome so i start i go full on into it and i slept out for the tickets i slept out for the seats um and then you know six years later i was like hey i didn't know about the celebration thing let's i want to go like if this is the last hours we're going to get then I want to go to, uh, you know, a convention where there's nothing but Star Wars fans. Yeah, absolutely. So it's in Indianapolis. I go there. I drive there from New Jersey, and I'm stuck online for fucking eight hours. <laughs> eight hours to get a toy that would later be oversold by Lucas, because you could get it later, and they're worth shit now. Thank you, George. And... It, it was so, four, four hours outside and four hours inside, right? Yeah, yeah. Four, were, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. ridiculous. We did nothing but stand in fucking line that first day. Didn't yeah. see anything. Yeah, um, that and, was a bad day. But was what I think the only saving grace of that was that the opening ceremony wasn't the morning, like it was for JJ's for this one. Yeah, it was after one. Yeah, it was that yeah. night. So you could, you would, you could still go and do all the stuff and not miss a thing. Wish so anyway, I wish so done that. I wish they would have done that. So, time, yeah, yeah, me too, which we would have been more sober to go to, but that's another story. But <laughs> Yeah, we'll get to that one. Basically. So we are there, 
I'm with a, a, a now ex-girlfriend there, and we are like I've never been to a convention like this, and I'm like something's wrong, and we are at the end of the part where you're just about to go buy your shit, and that's where I meet you. Right. And we have and a so collective. Let me tell, yeah. So go ahead. let me let me tell my uh, so I'll tell my little story how I met how I got to that point. So I actually went to Celebration One. Um, in Denver with my sister. And it was, again, two weeks before the movie came out. And at that point, fever pitch, huge, huge deal. Um, it rained outside. We all had to stand in the rain to get in there. And once we got in there, it was like, fuck, it was just magic. It was just so much cool stuff to look at in there. And back then, like, even the stars of the Phantom Menace were, like, walking around. You could, like, talk to them and stuff like that. It's crazy. Then, a few years later... Um, Attack of the Clones came out, and I went to Indianapolis with my brother, and that one was a little bigger um, because, like, it was you know in a, in a place in the United States where a lot more people could go. Because Denver's, just, I don't know why they put it there. Um, I think it's because where the Lucasfilm, uh, I think that's where the um, the Insider was made or the fan club was housed there. I don't know, but anyway, Indianapolis came, and we went to that one. It was it was you know, pretty good. Like still not, the lines weren't big enough. We got to see everything. So by the time Revenge of the Sith came out, it's like, it's almost like how Comic-Con started really just light, not a lot of people there. And then now it's like, you can't even, you know, breathe in there. Revenge of the Sith is kind of the same. It was so packed. The lines were just wrapped around the corner. And the thing that you did is you stood in line, the first thing you do is go get your merchandise because they have collectibles and you don't want to try to go there on the third day or the last day because chances are it's all gone. So you want to get that stuff first and then go on and watch all the panels. That's kind of how Comic-Con works too. It's like get your shit that you want, get it out of the way, and then go do what you want. It's, it's tough, kids, but that's just how it is. Unless you just don't want to buy anything, then you're good to go. Then just go to the panels. So... My brother and I stay outside of line for several hours. We finally get inside. I tell my brother, hey, just like we did in Celebration 2, let's go get our shit. And how Celebration 2 worked, there were so many damn lines, you just picked one. It didn't matter which one. And you got through really fast. And you got your shit, and we got out of there. And we didn't have to ever go back. So I said, let's do that again this time. So we're going in the line, going in the line, going in the line. It's going actually fairly good. What did it take us, a half hour, maybe 45 minutes to get from the back all the way to the front? Something oh, longer like that. than that. Maybe, or maybe, let's say an hour. Let's say an hour. So by the time we get to the front, the computers all crash, and they can't accept any credit card transactions whatsoever. And of course, no, I think that happened before that, because I remember standing in that maze of people for a really long time. Well, I think the computer crashed a couple of times, but I do know that by the time we got up to the front, it died, and we were standing, I think, up front for a good hour or two hours. Like, just, just being up front, all the computers died, and they couldn't accept any credit card transactions. And I remember my brother and I talking to each other, going, like, should we just leave and just come back tomorrow? And we're like, no, 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 we got to get our shit. we got to do this. We don't have to come back tomorrow. And yeah, because they had that one time. special Vader that yeah. James Earl Jones recorded specific lines for, and Lucas yeah, did not thought, tell you that they were yeah. going to fucking sell that shit on StarWars.com anyway. Well, it's funny because the George Sekul, uh, I think it was Jorge, Jorge, George Sekul, uh character that they came out with for 
Celebration 2, they made quite a bit of, but not as many as a Celebration 3 figure. Like, you could still sell your Celebration 2 figure for quite a bit. I think I bought two. I sold one for like 100 bucks, like a year or two, two years later. You know, I was able to sell it for a lot of money. But the Celebration 3 figure, yeah. So we're standing in line. I'm talking to my brother, and I noticed Vic and, and his, you know, ex standing there, and we just kind of got this talking about stuff. And we were there so long that we got each other's backstories. We started talking about, like, hey, let's walk around Celebration 3 together and, like, and wait in line. Watch each, other, watch each other's backs in line. Like, hey, you stay in line while you go look for merchandise and come back, switch around. Because that's what you do, guys. When you go to Comic-Con, make friends. Make friends. And and it makes the experience so much better because you have you like-minded people. You can't do this shit by yourself. You can't. You can't do it by yourself, and you also get to meet like-minded people. In my life, where I live and the people I work with, I maybe one out of hundred people that I know don't you know like Star. They like Star Wars. The other ninety-nine people don't. So it's very tough where I live. So when you go to a convention like this, everybody loves the same thing you love, and it's fucking fantastic so i meet this guy vic who loves just as much as i do probably even more at this point you know because i'm a little older and you know and i'm kind of jaded and i've seen a bunch of shit you know and i'm not the same it would but, take me two more years to get jaded yeah oh fuck yeah oh my god so yeah that's where i meet vic and that's where like our friendship grew is from celebration to the point where he's actually i mean flew from new jersey to my house and i flew to your house and like several times and then now you live actually two hours away from me which is fantastic which brings us up to date yeah so we we finally go to uh well not finally but you know disney buys lucas film and buys star wars they announce another celebration and we're like we gotta go we started our friendship there we gotta go um we got a celebration. We have to go there and end, we have to go end it now. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. We started our friendship we're 10 years ago stop. and we're going to end it with the first, first of this trilogy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, so that's basically had, how it started. Yeah. And, you bought uh, tickets for celebration a good year and a half before, which God knows why they did that. Um, uh, but you bought it a year before, year and a half before I got the hotels. We actually finally showed up there. It was an incredible time, which I think one of these days we have to talk about. Um, and then, uh, and then it was uh, one celebration uh, six, seven. Uh, I can't remember seven. One celebration seven was over. It was that eight month trek to Force Awakens. You yeah, know, it was uh, a walk, long wait, which actually kind of flew by. Looking back on it yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Um, but then you know we we always talk about this stuff, and we're like, well, why don't we just record ourselves? put it out there and if nobody listens then nobody listens yeah but, but you know uh, the sad thing is dude, we've had so many good conversations i wish we had recorded I'm, I'm glad we're doing this now uh to look back on especially but uh so yeah exactly so a big overview of what this what this podcast is going to be about it's not just about star wars even though that's when we're launching around um even though it's a little late uh past the force awakens but it's the biggest news in 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 nerddom right now um before you know the spring and summertime hit next year um and that's basically I, where our friendship grew is from star wars or started and grew from star wars so that's where we thought was the great launching point for that absolutely so, i mean you can't get um, bigger than star wars you can't get bigger so than that. what you're going to hear after this intro is our review 
of The Force Awakens. And Our gigantic two-part review. Yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a little over two hours, so we broke it up into uh, two or three parts. And uh, enjoy. Leave comments. Um, we will always try to um, reply to comments, reply to the haters, maybe. Um, <laughs> Um, because we were on that side too. I mean, I post comments on, on yeah, one of those. Yeah, we have we have quibbles. If but, George uh, Lucas had a fan page, I would, I would so post oh on his gosh. shit. Yeah, I can't believe the stuff that he's saying right now. No, but, but, uh, uh, as soon as as soon as uh, we're done, you know, you listen to the review and all that stuff. Then we're going to move on to other pop culture things that are going to be coming out. There's so much stuff happening. Yeah, mainly we things. usually talk about basically all TV movies. And things like that, um, and uh, I think maybe maybe comic, maybe comic books, maybe. Well, I mean, we kind of have to talk about comic books because you know most of most, if not all, of the stuff that we're talking about, other than the Star, from it. Star Wars, is all comic book stuff. I mean, X Men, yeah, Batman, Superman, all the stuff, and then and we'll break it up too uh, with some movie commentary. We will do some of that too. Um, we will do uh, what if or what we'd like to see sometimes as well in a movie Absolutely. that is not even announced. Um, and then, <laughs> and then also we'd probably do a movie that has already been released, and probably talk about a movie that we would have liked to have seen, like how it failed miserably. Um, for us, we used to talk about Spider-Man Three a lot and what we would have done differently um, in that one. Um, we will definitely be talking about Star Wars because it's a new Star Wars movie every single year coming out. Yeah, um, five years. Yeah, exactly. So, so, um, so yeah, that's our intro. And uh, following this will be the Force Awakens, the beginning of it. And uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, enjoy. All right, here it goes. The Force right. Awakens review. So, the Force Awakens. Finally, let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Initial thoughts. It's, Initial it's thoughts. A, well, okay. First thought, awesome. It was uh, everything I wanted it to be. Probably more. I mean, expectations obviously were high, but they were also um, anything is better than the than the prequels. But this just blew them out of the water, and it brought Star Wars back in a big bad way. I thought, like, it really brought me back to when I first saw the movie, uh, the first movie years and years ago. What are your thoughts? Well, for me, I know when I first got out of the theater, I was kind of numb. Like, I didn't want to say I really liked it when Mm -hmm. I was, like, blown away because I was watching a brand-new Star Wars movie like it did for Episode One. So I was, like, really numb for the first, like, three or four hours. Like, I knew I liked it. I didn't know why, you know, and I wanted to be careful with saying I, you know, I love this movie, like because that's kind of that's almost what I said for episode one, or that right. is what I said to episode one. I told people like, oh yeah, it's awesome, you got to watch it, you know, and you know, the whole excitement of it. I, I think I probably pulled like a Kevin Smith where it was like I I love this movie, and it's it's because I love the movie because I got to see Jedi and lightsabers and and Star Wars, and it's not because the movie was any good, so. Yeah. That's what I was afraid of in the beginning for this movie. I was afraid of like opening my mouth too soon and being like, "Oh my god, I, this movie's fucking awesome! I love it!" And then you know, I watch it the second time and I'm like, "Holy shit, this movie sucks!" So <laughs> right. So two. Well, so after two showings, 
I really, really like this movie, Bordering on, Borderlining on Love. My, my, I mean, there's a lot of nitpicking involved for me right now. Yeah. Because, that's the, because the now that numbness, that's the initial numbness. Yeah, exactly. And I think like the biggest problem for me, and, and I would say it's probably like four, four and a half stars out of five for me. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the half a star or the, or the minus one star is because, because there are a lot of plot holes and I'm not talking plot holes like, like plot Transformers holes. Like, plot holes? <laughs> yeah. Like not like Transformers, like stupid Transformers, like plot holes like that are, that are, I don't maybe designed to, to, to bring the new, you know, into, or the, I'm sorry, to bring the old into the new because, mm-hmm. because what, Basically, what The Force Awakens is, and if you're listening to us, make sure you know that you saw the movie because this is going to be spoiled. This is spoilerific. So, what basically The Force Awakens is is a new hope. You know, it, it's oh, that's yeah. So my thinking is is what I've been going at is okay. If the prequels didn't suck so goddamn bad, and this is the movie we got, I'd be like, what the fuck. Like, you just did A New Hope, you know? But because the prequels were so goddamn bad, it was like J.J. had to do something to bring the fans back and say, okay, this is a new Star Wars universe, or basically this is the old Star Wars universe. You know, yeah. this, this is what it was like. This is this is the starting point, and this is what you're going to get from now on. Having said I, that, I don't think that J.J. would have wrote this script or co-wrote this script if the prequel sucked, like I think he would have done something completely different and didn't. Yeah, uh, I, I think so too. I think this kind of definitely was for the fans. Um, I, I agree with you with the whole New Hope rehash, which you know at the, at the moment when I was watching, it, I didn't mind. You know, I, I'll be honest. Like when I first saw Phantom Menace, I knew the movie was in trouble when the crawl came up. As soon as the crawl came up, and I'm reading it, I was going, "What the hell? What?" You know, I was but, in denial. I was in denial. But, but. I have to say that the opposite happened this time. When I saw the opening crawl of Force Awakens, I went, okay, this is going to be a good movie. I know this is going to be a good movie. Not, you know, the best thing ever since sliced bread, but I mean, it's going to be a good movie. And what we got was a, was a great movie. It was a great movie. It was really, really, I mean, a lot of, I love the beats. I love the pacing. Um, of course, the thing could have been three and a half hours long. I mean, it felt like there were certain points where there was some stuff missing. Um, definitely stuff from the trailer was not in there, which I think, I don't know if that was to, you know, that they had to cut time down or if that was just for the fans just to get excited about, because some of those things in the trailers I thought were really, really cool, uh, but they weren't in the, in the movie, but definitely knew it was going to be a movie, good movie when the opening crawl came up. And, um, what I, so I've watched it twice now too. And so the, the, the whole rehash for New Hope was, you know, was one of the things that, you know, again, it's nitpicking. Um, but it was um, just, a, and maybe it's just the force or something like that, but it's just, there's just so many damn coincidences that happen all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, that's, that. there's a lot of like, and I think that's what I kind of meant with plot holes. Like, there's a lot of coincidences and there's a lot of things that if you take a step back and look at, you're like, well, this is even worse than like, you know, a new hope where the rebels destroy the Death Star because you basically say like this is like ten times bigger than the Death Star, and you actually go in with less people. 
Like I, I think well, there was well, like not an just that. Well, why, did, why did they let? Why did they let the thing get built in the first place? It's like they, they just went blew it up before you got even finished build. Or like, why do you keep? Or why do you it? keep like? Or why do you keep going back to the same like developer? Because he keeps getting your shit blown up. <laughs> because like yeah. this guy is this guy's fucking over three. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that we can go into the nitpicking part, you know. But I I want to talk about like okay. So for one thing, we we talked about the the rehash of a new hope. Which definitely it's a total rehash. I mean, down to so many different things that are similar. But Ryan Johnson's got he he's in new territory now. He's got to come up with something amazing because now it's like you cannot rehash Empire, Empire. you can't rehash right. Jedi. You can't do that. You can't. There's nothing, no template. You got to start from scratch. And and so he's got a tall order. I guess the script is done, and they start filming next month. But He's got a pretty tall order, but um, so I, I actually want to I want to look at the good because oh my god, there's so much good. But I want to look at the good. Um, definitely the opening crawl that was that was awesome. Um, yeah, I mean the first word, the first words, the first word yeah. that or the first sentence that you get in, I mean in the opening call is Luke Skywalker has vanished. I'm like oh fuck, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I was like, okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Like the tone was different too. Like the tone of even the opening crawl felt like Star Wars. Like it was short, to the point, precise on what was happening. Whereas like whereas like, you know, I, I recently just watched the opening crawl of the Phantom Menace. It was like it was almost like a caption of like a history book. Yeah. Like it was like here's the too. Senate, here's the Senate doing all this crap and Dispatch two Jedi Knights and blah blah blah, and then it was like, okay, well, that's different. Like this one was like, Luke Skywalker has vanished. Here's what we're gonna see, and I'm like, oh fuck, this is awesome. Yeah, and the way it begins, it's like, oh god, that opening shot. This is, is, I mean, probably not as iconic as the New Hope, but it was still pretty awesome. With the oh, the opening shot. Yeah. How about how about how about the fucking the whole right off the bat when you when you first meet Kylo Ren. And Poe Dameron has a fucking sniper shot. Uh, and he stops the blaster in midair. And I'm like, holy fuck, I've never seen that before. And like, honestly, that was like the same reaction I got in episode one, where Qui-Gon uh, sticks his lightsaber into the blast in doors. The door. Yeah. yeah. And like, I was like, that's still one of the coolest shots in Star Wars. Like, the movie sucks, but, but I was like, oh my God, he fucking like. how cool that was. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, that was still an awesome shot for episode one. And then Kylo yeah. Ren stops the blaster shot in midair. While simultaneously stopping Paul Dameron from, you know, being anything with a gun, and I was it like, was "Oh my god, this is so cool, awesome!" Man. It was, it was. Fucking and then, cool. like, I was like, I was like, "Wow, this is going to be a fucking bloodbath!" And then all of a sudden, like, you got to know everything. You got to like, you got to know the entire character in one sentence with Paul Dameron when he was like captured, and he <laughs> yeah, said, like, like should, should he's I, like, are so, you talking first? Am I talking first? Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, and then you know, Kylo Ren talks in his like, you know, monotone like. You know, you know, very, very like one tone voice, which was really cool about him. Um, and then, you know, Paul Darren says, like, I, I don't I can't understand you with all this going on. Like, <laughs> I was like, holy fuck, this is awesome. I was like, oh, yeah. man, this is fun. Like, you, like, like right then and there, you just knew it was going to be fun. Well, he's like a combination of Han Solo and Wedge and Tilly. He's, you know, like got the swagger, but he's also. Yeah, he, he can walk the walk. 
Like instantly I fell in love with Poe Dameron right then and there. I was like, Oh, this character's awesome. And he doesn't really like he doesn't really have a major impact later on. I mean you see his fighting you see his like X Wing skills, uh, his piloting skills, you know, twice later on, especially when you know, you find out that Poe's alive, which really wasn't much of a, you know, surprise that he was alive because he's in the trailer. Um, right. In, in an outfit that you never see him in. Um, yeah, that, that, that kind so. of bothered So I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one of the things that really bothered me, too, is that they left a lot of stuff open to, to like, you know, they didn't show him escaping or getting back to the resistance. Yeah, it was or, just like a one line. It was one line of him saying. Like, oh, I got shot. I got shot up into the night way far away, and I didn't know where I was. Yeah, and I, exactly. I didn't see where you went. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So, well, how did you get off? <laughs> yeah, how did you get Long off the planet? Communicators? But, yeah. Like, what's going so, on? So, I mean, but like, again, that little thing is, I mean, it, it's plausible. And it, and if you think about it, it might not be necessary to the plot of him escaping, you know, and it might even confuse and take away from, you know, the whole developing character of, at that point, was Finn. And I instantly, like, kind of fell in love with Finn, too. Um, I think for me it was the scene that there was two early scenes. The first scene was when it was him and Poe and they were in the hangar bay and he was like, just stay calm, walk fast. He's like, I am calm. He's like, I was talking to myself. Like something <laughs> like that, you know? And like, I was like, okay, I really like, you know, that person so far. Um, well, well, and, when he said, uh, he's, he's like, I just, I need to do what's right. He's like, you need a pilot. He's like, yeah, I need a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> like that whole exchange was great. Like I loved it. Yeah. Like, I just love, like, that that quick-witted, like, to-the-point, fun dialogue that still had a purpose. You know, not this convoluted, like, you know, political talk. But I keep right. I keep referring back to episode one because, because basically, again, The Force Awakens was everything that I wanted, you know, episode one to be, which I didn't get. And it's, it's I mean, I think that's the main reason why this movie does so well. And, and I think it's rated so high because of that. I honestly yeah. believe, like, because if you break it down, I don't think, really, honestly, in, the, in, like, the deepest part of my movie soul, don't think that The Force Awakens really deserves a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, yeah. it's because the prequels were that goddamn bad that you're like, oh, God, we should have had this movie, like, you know, 10 years ago. This is what we wanted 10 years ago, or what was it, 16? Yeah, I 19, agree. 16 years ago. You know, this is what we were, this is what we wanted 16 years ago, and I think... I th- I, it's kind of funny because, you know, if you look at, like, the other big box office bomb that happened this year, um, the Fantastic Four, like, I don't think that deserved a 9% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. No, no. You know, so that, I think, me- like... That's just media feeling that, you know. Yeah, like, I mean, that was just, like, people just piling shit on top of that. And with this, it was, like, all you had to say was, this was the Star Wars movie I wanted, and then, you know, or this is the Star Wars movie that you grew up with, and, like, that's all it needed to be. Like, yes, it's a rehash of A New Hope. Yes, it's got a lot of coincidences coincidences that happen in the movie. But at the end of the day, it was a Star Wars movie, and that's all you could ask for. That's all we wanted. So, yeah. you know, 95%, but at the same time, I don't think it's – I think it's still a good movie. I, I don't think it's 95% Empire good because, according to Rotten Tomatoes, you know, The Force Awakens is ranking higher than Empire, which it's not. Well, I, I think uh, you have to also – the fact that that's not just Star Wars fans, that's new fans uh, rating things probably higher because they don't know the difference. You know, they grew up with the prequels. So. Right, and I think also, like, he was a good point, too, was I, again, I, I watched a little bit of The Phantom Menace, uh, you know, earlier this week, and 
I remember the reaction of somebody who saw, who never saw the prequels and didn't know about Star Wars like I do, and they didn't know who the hell Obi-Wan, that, that that was Obi-Wan Kenobi in the opening shot, or really didn't know that it was like Anakin, you know, things like that, where the Phantom right. has a lot of assumptions that you need to know going in. The Force Awakens kind of just puts it all out there for you. Like, it tells you that, you know, this has been going on since, since you know, Return of the Jedi, or this is the happening this happened and explains basically everything that you need to know during the plots. Well, yeah, but the, the biggest difference, the hugest difference between Phantom Menace and Force Awakens is that you know who the protagonist is and you know who the antagonist is. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. First movie, you don't. You don't know. You don't. There isn't any. You don't know who it is. You know. Yeah, the actual and the, the actual antagonist, the actual antagonist of the Force. I'm sorry, the the Phantom Menace is Emperor Palpatine, who is barely in the movie. Yeah, he's hidden until the third movie. Right, exactly. So, and um, there's really and no protagonist in that yeah. movie either. It's no, Qui-Gon. It's not really Qui-Gon. No, it's not, no, it's not Anakin. Killed, it's, not, it's not Obi-Wan. Anakin isn't met until an hour into the movie. And yeah, it's not, it's not Obi-Wan. He's barely in the movie. No. And if you think about the second movie, they kind of have the same problem. And it's there's, so weird. And it's the closest... The closest to the protagonist in The Phantom Menace is probably Qui-Gon Jinn, but he has no story arc. No, there's no story arc at all. Uh, he's the best part of that movie, but he's got no, you know, no story arc. Yeah, but, which uh, is... But anyway, back to The Force Awakens, like... Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, you know, well, there's a there's a couple antagonists in a movie. I mean, uh, the first one you're introduced to is, is Kylo Ren. Um, you know, you got the First Order, and you have Snoke. And then you know the protagonist of the movie is both Ray and Finn. Yes. So, and both which of their story of arcs kind of grow together. Yeah, which was really interesting. And that was really, really good storytelling because I thought, oh, you know, at the beginning of this thing, when you see all the action figures coming out, I was like, gosh, they got way too many characters in this movie. How the hell are they going to juggle all this shit? But they did, I mean, just such an amazing job. And they have, <laughs> the, the, the problem with the prequel trilogy, a lot of people were saying, it just doesn't have a, a Han Solo figure in it, you know? And of course, boom, they put him front and center, and he's kind of like the old man, you know, the wise old man showing him stuff. But he's just like, this is the best I've seen Harrison Ford act in a long time. He what was your favorite? What was your favorite? What was your favorite Han Solo line in the movie? I don't care what you smell, I'm kicking down the, the garbage here. I just love the exchanges between him and Chewie. It's awesome. What was your uh, favorite uh, what was your favorite Han Solo line in the movie? Uh, damn it. I still think, you know, you're like, oh, you're cold or like uh or the whole like you worked in sanitation? Like what? Like what are you my, kidding me? My favorite line in the movie was that's not how the force works. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that was right. my favorite so, line because like if you watch the original trilogy all the way through, right. he's the one who doesn't believe in that shit. And then yeah, he's, telling, he's, he's telling Finn, like, that's not how it works. This thing that I didn't fucking believe in like 30 years ago, that's not how it works. You just don't fucking use the force. It's not like a, it's not like a GPS. Right, right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was yeah, like my he, favorite line in the movie. Yeah, that was, Or I'm sorry, that was my favorite Han Solo line in the movie. 
And uh, what do you think of what do you think the hints of romanticism between uh, Finn and Ray? Days or well, three days or what? Like what, uh, what did you think of the the hints of romanticism between Finn and Ray? Um, I don't know. Didn't this thing take place over like two or three days? Yeah, but. I mean, you know, Finn makes a couple of comments because obviously, you know, Ray is, you know, attractive. Oh, about the boy, do you have a boyfriend, a cute boyfriend? You have a boyfriend? Yeah, then, boyfriend? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, when, when she finds out that it was Finn's idea to come back to save her, you know, she gives, she gives him this big hug. And I feel like if that lasted a few more seconds, you know, she, they would have like embraced a little bit more. Yeah, I um, can see that. I mean, shit, I, I can see that. I didn't really have a problem with that. It's you know, not it was weird more, because like, it was it's weird growing awkward. up. It's, it's, yeah, but it's not even weird. It's not any different than like Ron and Hermione together. I, actually, I think those two are a lot stranger. I, I would have preferred Harry with, with Hermione. But uh, in this case, I, it didn't really bother me. I, I could see that he kind of grew. I don't know. She really grew on him. I just, my favorite thing about them is the very beginning when he's like, he kept grabbing her hand and she's like, what's yeah. wrong with me? Like, she's so independent. I love that. I mean, I just love that about Ray, her character. Like, yeah, I thought hand. that was, I thought that was great because like, it's the exact opposite of what Han does with Leia and Empire. When yeah. they're back to the hot base. And I was, yeah. and when she's like, stop holding my hands, I can run without you holding me. I was like, I was like, oh, this chick is badass. Like, I don't care <laughs> yeah. that, I don't care that the force, the first order is like, you know, you know, raining hellstorm on us, like, just let go of me. I can save myself. Right. Deal. And, um, and I think like when Finn, you know, when Finn is the one who ends up trying to save her, even though she technically saves herself, you know, she, she's like, she never had anybody do that for her. And I don't know if that was like the turning point for her. I think so. I mean, it, it happened multiple times. He tried to save her. Like when he first got to the planet, he saw her, you know, there's two guys trying to rough her up and steal the droid. And he started to like, he was going to go intervene and she beat him up with her staff. And then he kind of gave her that look of like, Oh shit. Uh, yeah. But she doesn't right. know he's, but she didn't know he was about no, to. No, but I know, but that was great. I just love that look on his face. Like, Oh shit. She, she took care of herself. All right. Yeah. But like, yeah, later on when the, the other part that made me laugh was when he's like, look, we'll figure out how to blow up the base, but right now I'm here for Ray. And and then like Han Solo looks, he's like motioning him with his head, you know, like, Hey, look, she's behind you. And he's like, what's, what, what was that? What's that? You know, and he kept yeah. like nodding his head. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, and he turned around and there she was. And he's like, oh shit. You know, like every, you're right. Like every, every, every time around, you know, he turns around and tries to save her. She saves herself. Even at the very end, I really like how his character arc, how he overcame fear is like when he, Forced like when Ren force pushed Ray into the tree, he got pissed. Finn got yeah. pissed. Yeah, instead of pussying out, he's just like he's like that lightsaber belongs to me, and he's like he's all come get it. I was like, oh. So yeah. basically, like I mean, that's basically like I mean, think about that for a second. Like they don't they don't have any idea of the power that you know Ren actually has. That's like that yeah. would be like nobody know. Like you know who Darth Vader is, and then. Could you just imagine like a stormtrooper like saying like "fuck you," come take this lightsaber to Darth Vader? That would never fucking happen. And I'm not right. And, you know, you know, Kylo Ren is not as powerful as Vader, obviously, but but basically he is at that point in time, 
you know, when that happens, he is basically the most powerful single person um, around, you know, and and, oh, yeah. and and Finn is just like, I don't give a shit. You come take it because I'm about to kick your ass, even though it doesn't really happen. But, but yeah. yeah, he, he just <sighs> throws caution to the wind. He's just hey. like, fuck it. With Finn, like, he just, he throws caution to the wind and just like, whatever. Like, uh, you, you hurt somebody that I really care about, and I'm just... Yeah. Like, um, but that's jumping a lot. Let's let's get cause, because the, the most awesomest part for me was during that sequence, and I don't want to talk about that part yet. So okay, okay. Let's let's go backwards to they're leaving Jakku. Um, you know. Well, so 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 like the coincidence thing with the Millennium Falcon. That part bothered me a little bit. You know, because you find yeah. out later on that Han Solo tracked it down. You know, and and he says that line like, well, you know, I I you know the the Falcon has a tracker on it, and if I can find you the first order isn't far behind. I'm like, well, wait a minute. How long did you lose the Falcon fucking for? <laughs> right. And, and I guess does the tracker only work once the Millennium Falcon's turned on? Yeah. Like, I don't like, so, I don't know. Now, you know, and if you knew, and if you knew, yeah, he mentions the guy who actually, from Rebel? who happened to be, no, he actually, he mentioned, no. he mentioned the person who was giving out those food rations, like as payment uh-huh. for the parts, which okay. by the way, was Simon Pegg. Um, yeah. He he mentions that guy. He's like, well, he stole it from me. And then he's like, Jakku, or or I'm sorry, uh, Ray is like, uh, you know, it was we stole it on Jakku, or we're from Jakku. And he remembers. And then Han Solo says like, oh, you mean so and so? I can't remember his name. He's like, well, he stole it from me. I'm like, and then in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, if you know he stole it from you on Jakku, what the fuck were you waiting for? Well, I think he mentions that it was take it was stolen three different times from three different people. Like it started out with uh, he no, said but came, the, he said I, I'm pretty came. sure the final person that stole it from him was the person on Jakku that where right, but he didn't he didn't know that he didn't know that he all he knew was Duquesne. Someone named Duquesne took it from oh. him, and then someone took it from Duquesne, and then someone took it from that guy, and then it ended up on Jakku, which Ray filled in the blanks with all that uh, information. Gotcha. But like but I was wondering how she know that information too. Like how did she know it was stolen from all these different people? But I just thought I think the biggest crowd reaction, one of the biggest crowd reactions was when he's like, Hey, let's go fly that and she's like, No, that's a piece of garbage, let's fly that one and then the thing blows up and she's like, Okay, I guess we'll take the garbage and the camera pans and you see the falcon. I mean people went ape shit. You know, but I I don't know, like, how long that thing was sitting there because it started right up. She was able to fly it. Yeah, because she mentions that it hasn't flown in a really long time. (laughs) And, like, the Falcon had problems when it was actually in service. Right, right. But I I, I think this is where J.J., like, really pulled a – I mean, it felt very Star Trekian to me, a lot of the stuff that he was doing, which I didn't really mind. I mean, I – he kind of used that template in the Star Wars there, but he used Star Wars a lot in Star Trek. But, like, when he had the Falcon, like, scraping the ground when she was trying to fly it, it just reminded me of uh, of uh, Star Trek. It reminded me of Galaxy Quest, too, when they, the maiden voyage, when they scraped the, yeah, the yeah. ship along the side. Yeah, or, yeah but, I uh, think it was uh, What's-His-Face in Star Trek where he uh, he forgot to Hulu. take off the parking brakes, I think it was. Oh, yeah, said. yeah, yeah, that's right. So I, I like that. I, I think that's cool. I mean, there's a lot of humor in this thing that that I loved. There's a lot of really good humor that that worked. It worked. It wasn't some stupid throwaway line or something like that. Yeah, it wasn't like a Michael Bay joke where you got yeah. balls hanging from the pyramid. Oh yeah, and parents talking about masturbating. Yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah nothing like there. 
Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, but when they got off Jakku, um, I thought that Han Solo and shoot, like I wasn't expecting them to just show up that fast like that. And who knows where the hell they were in the galaxy? I mean, they just showed up within minutes, like within seconds of them getting in the space. Well, they said they were. I thought they. I thought Han said they were tracking. Well, he said we've been tracking this thing for a long time, and and and. Uh, but you're like, well, what part of the universe were you in? Like, how far? Like obviously you could do light speed. I don't know. Can you do light speed? Well, that's the part. There, there's there's the parts where you're talking about coincidences that that yeah. entire that entire that's sequence all is like all coincidence. It's coincidence that you know Ray thinks that that thing's a piece of junk. The one ship that they're going to use gets blown up. The garbage thing that she says hasn't worked in a long time now works. You know they beat the two Tie Fighters, which I don't know why. If you if if you're the first order and you know that that you know, thing is on the planet, and you, you only send, send everybody two Tie down. Fighters. Yeah, you only send yeah. two Tie Fighters. I mean, before there was like a village, and you send like an entire army. Now you know. Well, like, so that's what it says to me is that the First Order learned nothing from the previous, uh, you know, people. They 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 learned absolutely nothing. Yeah, uh, about I mean, the Death Star. They learned nothing about hey. Don't send ten, you know, two troops down to get a droid. Send the whole fucking army down there to get it. We need it. It's right. important, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you're and, Kylo Ren, don't follow Invader's footsteps and let other people do your dirty work. You fucking go down there and go get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I like that. You know, I kind of liked his exchanges with General Hux, and it looks like yeah, Snoke I did too. Is like Snoke is like you know pulling all the strings, but I love how Hux just kind of steps in front of Ren and goes, "Look." You know, I said to do this, but Ren did this. You know, he fucked up, not me. You know, he's just like, I said to go do this. And Ren said, oh, no, I can do this. You know, so yeah, that's, like, that's like... in the middle. But let's go back to let's go back oh, okay. to the whole Han Solo thing, because because the point I was trying to make with the coincidence that coincidence that you're talking about, that entire sequence is just fucking coincidence. So, yeah, you yeah. have the Falcon so the whole... being found. You have the Falcon being uh, working. You have her knowing how to fly a ship that fucking big, which she's never flown before, and which I guess makes well. sense. Which I, yeah, really well. Which you know, she like her first time flying a ship that fucking big. She maneuvered it inside the Death Star, which was fucking awesome, but still nitpicking. Then no, they get off the planet. Yeah. They get off the planet. The ship then decides to shut down. Then Han Solo and Chewie find them. Five seconds after that, two gang members find them. <laughs> yeah, two different pilots. Right. And then and then you and then you're kinda of like led into this conversation of Han has been, you know, going back to smuggling. And then which which I thought was kinda of cool. I, I didn't think that was kinda of cool. He went back to the only thing he knew. Like, right, right. Which still so again, it's it's still like it that part right there was it seemed like it was almost like one set piece to move to another set piece with very little ex like with lots of coincidences. Right. And then, right. of course, you know, they get away, and then that's when the story starts to make a little bit more sense, where, you know, they go find Maze and stuff like that. But that whole sequence of just coincidence after coincidence, right? you know, right. kind of, it's, kind it, of just rubbing you're right. the they, they had to, They had to, you know, he had to figure out a, something to do to get him from point A to point B. And, you know, and of course what they do is he does the whole sleight of hand and makes all this exciting shit happen, so you kind of don't think about it. But we're a little smarter than that, you know. It's like I, I love the sequences. I mean, I thought they were awesome, but at the same time, I was like, "Wow!" You know, you know, you know that whole scene kind of reminds me of the coincidence that happens in Star Trek, 
where Kirk happens to be beamed down, you know, less than a mile away from where Spock is on the entire ice planet being chased by a monster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was... That where, was like, it, it, kindly ha- it kind of happens right here. Like, you know, Ray and, Ray and Finn are trying to escape, and Han Solo just happens to be there, and then all of a sudden they're being chased by monsters on the plane, or on the ship. Right, right. Right, so, three months. Yeah, those things were ugly. Oof, rock yeah. or whatever the hell they're called. I was half expecting, I think it would have been badass if they pulled a Galaxy Quest and had some big monster come out, like a Rancor or something like that that they captured. That wow. would have been fucking awesome. But, um, which I'm, I'm sure, they, I'm sure they're going to have a Rancor in, in one of these movies. They better fucking have a Rancor. That's all I'm saying. But, yeah, those creatures, I, I kind of love that humor in that, you know, and you saw it coming, you know, when she switched the fuses, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, released all that shit. I, I liked that. I thought that was cute. So but, they move uh, on to Maze, which I actually was like, I liked her character a lot. And I don't really know what happened to her character. She kind of just disappeared. Like, there's no there's no way that... years old. Yeah, there's no... She doesn't... You don't know if she died or not in that in that fight. So... I don't know. If I don't. I don't think she's. Not. I don't think she's dead. I don't think she's dead. Um, you see Han and Chewie like climb out, climb out of the rubble. You know, I don't think she's dead. I, I think she was a fascinating character. Probably my favorite new character of the whole mm. thing. I just liked her philosophy and I liked how she had those weird goggles and she'd like stare at you. <laughs> like yeah, I, I liked her. Eyes. Yeah, I liked yeah, her a she's, lot. She's older than freaking Yoda. Um. Yeah. If he were still yeah. alive. If he were still alive. She was still older. Um, but I, I really dug that because, um, and I dug that. She, Basically, she was Yoda in the movie. She was, but I dug that she, um, you know, knew who Han Solo was, dealt with him in the past. And I loved how he, she's like, where's my boyfriend? And he's like, oh, he's back. Uh, yeah. And then she yeah, goes, it shows she like just, a different goes, side of Star Wars that you never had. Yeah. And she, just, she says that line that makes me laugh. I mean, made me laugh both times, but she's like, I love that Wookiee. I was just like, oh my god, it's so funny. But um, yeah, her character was cool, and that was kind of like a catalyst for other, like the little subplot about you know the Force. And because like before the movie started, I you know everyone was kind of thinking, well, you know, um, Finn is is going to be a Force sensitive stormtrooper, which I even thought that too when you watch. But it's very misleading when you watch the trailers and the Instagram right. that they showed. I thought, okay, he's you know. And one of the things, um, well, we'll get to the, the lightsaber battle later on, but, like, I just thought that, um, you know, he was going to be the Force-sensitive one. And then, okay, so now I can say this because a, a few days before the movie came out, I told you that there was some huge freaking spoiler that someone put out in an action figure on on Facebook that made me so mad, but wasn't surprising. It was Ray with the lightsaber. Okay. The die cast the elite figure? No, 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 no. They didn't release that. It was an actual like three, three and three quarter figure, and it said uh, Star Killer Base Ray, and she had a lightsaber. And of course, a lot of people got pissed and freaked out. And some people said, "Well, that could just be like kind of like how Han Solo used the lightsaber to open up the Tauntaun." She probably no, bullshit. Picked, they never released probably, the figure without a lightsaber. They never released the figure. Right. They never released a Han Solo with a lightsaber figure. You know, never. Yeah, I know. They never released that figure where Han cuts open the fucking Tauntaun. Right. Uh, oh, which, you know what, Hasbro, please fucking come out with that. What? It's been too... Come on. You know, come out with that, please. Lightsaber cuts open, and then and then you could fit Luke inside of his stomach. That'd be fucking awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, so... <clears throat> 
I saw that spoiler. I got pissed, but I went, you know what? I'm not really surprised because I had this feeling that that I mean, at first I thought Ray, uh, Finn was going to be force sensitive, but I had this feeling that Ray had the force too. I actually thought her staff was going to pull open to be a lightsaber. I honestly thought that for a long time, but. Mm. Um, you know, watching the movie and she never did that. I was like, okay, well, okay, I'm wrong. You know, but um, anyway, so that whole, se- okay, that whole sequence with Maz, when she, that she hears that calling. The girl. Kind of like, kind of like. Which is actually like her. The, yeah, kind of like the crystal calls to Clark Kent. You know, that lightsaber. Or the, or the cave calling to Luke, Luke Skywalker. Yes, yes. And so. Um, <clears throat> that sequence, like I had to really pay attention. I still have a hard time, even after. Yeah, me too, because I still missed a bunch of stuff. Like I, I didn't hear. <sighs> yeah, I, didn't re- hear I read all these articles. I wanted to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so what? This, okay, let's go through that. What did she see? What what kinds of things do you remember? Her so seeing? the first thing she saw, the first thing that got you know that got me hard was the second she touched the lightsaber she was immediately pulled back into the hallway where Vader does his final push against Luke and Empire Strikes Back to cut his hand off. Yes. So, like, so, you know, all of a sudden, like, the whole background morphs into this triangle-looking hallway, and I was like, oh, my God, that's Empire Strikes Back. And for a second, I was thinking, like, oh, my God, we're going to see Vader? Like, we're going to see the fight? We're going to see, like, a hologram of the fight or some kind of, like, dream sequence of the fight. That'd be fucking awesome. And then I, heard, I, 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 heard Luke, I heard Luke yell no. Right. Yes, I yeah, I heard that. that. I heard that. I hear because, like, no. because yeah. like, that's where the lightsaber's from. It's from Bespin. So, yeah. like, so, of course, the immediate thing that you feel when, if you're Force-sensitive, I guess, is, you know, the last thing that happened to that lightsaber, which is that fucking fight. Kind so, of like the like, wand right and Harry Potter. Like, holy yeah. fuck. And then, you know, it moves on to the iconic, like, Luke touching R2-D2. And then you see from the trailer the Knights of Ren um, standing in, like, an entire field of, like, dead bodies. And Which, Do you think that's when he killed all the Jedi? I don't know if it's that, that, that or Luke he killed, training? like, all the... Yeah, I don't know. Like, they don't really go into much detail about what that is. But, like, that's... And there's no other Knights of Ren other than Kylo Ren. So what happened to those people? You know, yeah, he's which part of the there's going to be a lot of we're missing a lot of backstory. Yeah, with that with that stuff, like with that stuff, to me, that's not really plot holes. You know, yeah, like, that's that no. stuff that like they purposely left out so that somebody else can tell the story later. So like, I'm okay mm-hmm. with that stuff. You know, the the stuff, the coincidences stuff that we're talking about, those are the things I you know I'm nitpicking at. But, yeah, uh, but so we see that, you know, that we see her being dropped off, and basically it looks like she was given to the hand that she's holding looks like she's been given to the guy who has given out the food rations because it looked like an alien hand. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if you saw that, but it yeah, but, like he kinda, he, but he, but he treats her like shit though. Well, I don't think it's that guy. I think it's somebody else that probably ends up dying on the planet, you know? Yeah. I'm not sure, but, but you know, she's given away for something. So from there until fast forward to the end of the movie, like for all that stuff put together made me think that, well, we'll figure. We'll talk about that later. But so, so then all of a sudden, I think after that, what happens? I can't remember how she gets out of it. Um, oh, she's um, in the Matt, snow. She has a force vision. She has a force vision in the snow with her and Finn, and then Kylo Ren is there with the lightsaber, and he's about to hack her, and then she gets out of it. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, Maz shows up and and kind of like. Well, she jumps her out. Up. She jumps out of that room basically. Oh and, yeah. yeah. And Maze or Maz is there. So, so I love what I loved about that. It did it remind me of? Oh, you know what it actually reminds me of? Okay, this is gonna be funny. So when she's like, I don't want it. Like I should not have touched that. I don't ever want to touch that again. That when she like starts crying and runs away, it actually reminded me of um uh the main girl the main woman in 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 um in dogma where she finds out that spoilers that she finds oh, out that she's yeah. the last that she's the, the last quarantine. descendant of Jesus Christ yeah. where she like yeah that reminded me of that but like obviously like way more serious and when she right. just takes off and she's like cuz i think right then and there she finds out something about herself like i think there's right. something in the sequence I think there's something in the sequence that tells her that that she has a bigger calling and she was put there in a purpose, like for a reason. And mm-hmm. we don't see it in the actual vision. Like she sees something else and she puts the pieces together in her head. Well, and see, that's why a lot of people have said, oh, coincidence, you know, from the diehard fans, like, no, there's no coincidence. It's the force works in mysterious ways. And I'm like, well, whatever. Like, I, yes and no. You know, obviously, the. They did that throwaway line also, where like, where'd you get that light there? Yeah, it's like, that's oh, a question I can't. for another. Yeah, that's, that's a, question a question for another time. Really. I'm like, you right? We this. we we don't have it in the script yet. We don't know. We yeah. haven't figured it out yet. But, That'll be episode uh, nine. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park boy will figure it out. Uh, I don't yeah. Know um. Yeah, but um. She definitely like it made me think also like you know because I was kind of two, of two minds. I'm like one, well maybe she's part of the family as well. And I said, or she's just force sensitive. She's a completely new character. It has nothing to do with the Skywalker family. She's just a, um, she's just a, a force sensitive character. But the only thing that makes me not go with the latter is that she was dropped off on Jakku, which, if you remember from any other Star Wars movie or in or Harry Potter or any of that stuff, they usually drop kids off somewhere with family or people that you know whatever so that they can be protected and be away Which from I home. I think might be the Max Van Sandow character, because it happens to be too big of a coincidence that that person who was friends with Princess Leia is on that same planet where she is, and she and he happens to have the missing piece of the map to the first Jedi Temple. Exactly, and he knows who Kylo Ren is. He, he right, knows exactly, exactly so, who he is. So Ray, maybe Ray's his cousin or sister or, you know, I don't know. So for me, for me, when I was thinking of that sequence, I immediately thought she was the daughter of Luke Skywalker because, yeah. because she, I, I wouldn't have thought that if part of her force vision didn't involve her being dropped off on Jakku because everything that she sees there is a mix between Luke and Kylo Ren, and they're 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 intertwined because Luke was training Kylo Ren, and then if you remember, I I think I'll have to see it again. But the sequence of things that happen are you see they almost happen past, present, future, right? So you see the Empire Strikes Back, you see that final battle or not final battle, you see that lightsaber duel or the the hallway of the lightsaber duel, mm-hmm. right? That starts off the vision. Then you start seeing Luke. Then you see Kylo Ren and the Knights of the Ren slaughtering all those people. Then you see her mm-hmm. getting dropped off. Then you see 
then you see her in the snow with Finn, and she. Oh, and, and so it's all and chronological. Then, and then Kylo is, you know, striking her down, and that's when she gets out of it. And also, if you remember, when Kylo kidnaps her and he does the force mind thing on her at first, when she doesn't resist, she says, "Oh, I see an island in the ocean." Yeah, I missed that part completely. Yeah, he, he said that. He's like, "Oh, I see, uh, you know, you're." Uh, an island in the middle of the ocean. So shit, she could be a Skywalker. I yeah, mean, because there's no way she would know. The only way the way she would know that is is from reaching out to Luke through the Force, through the lightsaber. That's the only way she right. would have known. Right. And Ren, if you remember, is the only reason why he's looking for Skywalker is why. Why is he looking for him? Because he's he the last Jedi. Because he's the last Jedi. He wants to kill him. I think he's actually looking for the first temple. Uh, Luke so? just happens to be there. And I think the, the early the early rumors were that Luke has disappeared on purpose, not because he's hiding, it's because he's trying to protect the temple from, from them. So oh. that the, the secrets and the powers or whatever is in there isn't released. Oh, that's a good that's I like that better actually.